everyone welcome to third coast gaming radio today is uh, may 3rd it's monday it is episode 27 number number one pick for apex is um is oh, i forgot his name who's the fast guy octane octane <laughs> best fast guy yeah how, how could i forget all right um i'm joined by my co-host austin taylor who knows apex characters better than i do apparently indeed you are i mean i'm just the idiot who like i pay attention to the dumb lore of video games because i just can't help myself it's true hey what what if your dumb video game lore had some fucking puppets that sounded terrible and i it's an anime. I mean, this Resident Evil way. 8 trailer, they made a puppet show, and it's hilarious. Did you watch the puppet show, Austin? I did. Um, yeah. yeah, this is like a, a little puppet show with like the uh, tall lady, a.k.a. Uh, Lady Demisitru, um, the old crone you meet in the demo. That's... Um, currently available until may 7th i think uh the tall lady's brother and someone dressed in a bride outfit or perhaps a maid like a handmaid maiden which is would be in line with the first demo that was released lady Demescu drinks that blood and the screen turns red and she oh wait no painting. this great. is a completely different character never mind because this video opens with a Showing us that this is actually a doll person in this maiden outfit. Oh, is it? It's yeah, a doll person. It's horrifying. It's on the twenty-six second mark. Nice, nice. Oh, totally a doll person. Great. Yeah. Ready. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah. I cannot wait it's... to put a shotgun uh, shell into this thing's face because I don't like it. No. But this uh, this is pretty good. It just reminds me of every comedy anime. The lady's voice is just every Japanese voice actress. Yes. I'm not going to try to do impression because it'll destroy people's ears. But, yes. On to bigger and better news. Hey, man. What if Halo Infinite was cross-play and had cross-progression between Xbox and PC? Uh, that would, fucking, ma- that would make sense. I didn't think they were going to do that, Austin. I'm surprised and delighted to know that you and I could be playing Halo Infinite on two different platforms at the same time. Yeah, cooperatively. I know. Yeah, this is good. Like, this is sort of because I don't know what kind of cross-platform support like the Master Chief Collection has, but like seeing that this is going to be like day one for their eventual like next big halo game uh is is quite pleasing it's cool i wish more first party stuff did this um i wonder if we'll see something like this with gears of war too i imagine we would right because like their whole focus with like microsoft's whole focus with the xbox now is a platform more so than like a console yeah, they're doing really good like PC work. I um I guess I could pull this thing. They reduced their store cut recently as well to 12%, which is in line with the uh the Epic's games, the Epic Game Store percentage, which is also 12, whereas Steam is like 30%, I think. That 
is that is a number that I know is true. At least was at a time. Yeah. And then when you hit over a certain mark, they'll reduce it to like 25 and then 20 or something. But yeah, that's cool. It's cool. Um, good job, Microsoft. But this is for the Microsoft um, PC store, not for like the console store. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they need to, they need to like have that kind of, they need to take a step like that to compete in like, what is uh, already like, I wouldn't even say like a really crowded market, but like one where you have people who are so entrenched in like Steam that they are just not willing to like use other launchers. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have coworkers who are entrenched in Steam and are like, hey, did, I'll be like, did you play this game? And they're like, no, it hasn't come out yet. And I was like, ah. Oh. Did you uh do you look at that Halo Infinite like super widescreen stuff? I didn't yeah. put it in here, but Yeah, the ultra that's wide. Ultra wide. That's ultra wide, my dude. I mean, yeah, like I I don't have an ultra wide monitor. I don't I don't know if I'd ever want one. I mean, I would have to go like fundamentally change my PC setup in order to take advantage of anything like that. But it's I mean, it's cool. The shots it's a little are taller very too. wide. Yeah. Yeah. The space is so long. Yeah. Um, Why would I have an ultra wide water monitor when I could have three monitors, Austin? I, I, I saw like I think one of the one of the uh, products I moved the most while working at Best Buy was uh, a bunch of ultra wide monitors, um, and they're pretty buck wild. Yeah, they're they're pretty crazy. Even the the ones that are like the the U shaped too are really cool. Are the most yeah. of the ultra wide ones doing the U? Or are they flat? I think so. I think most like gaming specific ultra wides do have like a curve to them. Ah, uh, yeah, the little the little curve. I can get this Alienware one for a thousand dollars, my dude. Yeah, they're crazy oh, expensive. I don't even, I don't even have enough room on my desk for this motherfucker. No, I would have to. I think I might be able to, but I what would ha I'd have to do is I'd have to move the bookcase that's right next to my desk, which is inconvenient because that's where I keep like all of my tabletop rule stuff. Um, and then I'd have to find a way to put my PC like my actual like PC body on the ground. This is how you do real gaming. I really just want to make these. There's these stock photos of this guy with a beard playing on it with like a LED keyboard, and I just want to make it the album artwork. <laughs> They're that yeah. Pretty good. Could be copyrighted image, so maybe don't. Could be copyrighted. We'll see. Um. Hey, I got Cyberpunk news, Austin. Do you want to tell me? What up? Blah blah It's Cyberpunk time on Bloomberg with Jason Shire. Uh. Yeah. 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 So this comes out like at the end of the end of last month. Um. Which is just a story about uh, how the sort of executives behind the just incredibly smooth launch that was cyberpunk 2077 um are getting really insane bonuses uh i don't know if it's i don't think it's like specifically mentioned in the story but attached to his sort of twitter thread for the story he wrote uh jason trier uh this is like the comparison of like how these uh bonuses are working out a this is straight from the tweet. A CDPR spokesman told me that they're that they've allocated twenty nine point eight million for bonuses uh, to eight hundred and sixty five employees. CDPR allocated twenty eight million for bonuses to five board members. It's a lot. Of, that's a lot of money for those guys, and it's yeah. not a lot of money. 
for everyone else. Has it yeah, been it's not a particularly large amount of money um, sort of being spread out to all of your employees, like once you like separate it uh, by 865 people. And I, this also comes like in the wake of like, this is like from an earnings call. So this comes in the wake of news like um, that they are increasing their base pay for underpaid positions, which is good. Uh, but it is wild to me that in the wake of really a disaster that can be and has been uh, sort of placed at the feet of the people running this company, that you would have the gall to take this large a, a bonus. And, their and it's weird when like... Um it that you remember when they were like oh yeah you know we're working with these people crunch for the last year and we've been making this for five years but they'll they're they're incentivized to get this because we're going to give them a good bonus. yeah i mean yeah it's i mean the thing is, is it's probably like a fine bonus like comparatively like to the uh like rest of the industry it's probably a fine bonus right i just I could not imagine being the head of a company and like forcing out like a half finished product that did well. Like I don't, it is no, I don't think we can say that cyberpunk failed. Like it was a rough launch on a technical side. They made bank off of that game. Like they made money. Um, yeah. Like there was that stuff coming out talking about how the, um, they only refunded like 30,000. Yeah. copies I mean, off of their store, right? Yeah. Yeah, it would have been something like off of GOG. And it's just... It's wild. And, like, in the defense... Though I don't think, like, he uses defense, but, like, the defense of the co-CEO, Adam uh, Kaczynski, um, which is... I'm probably butchering, butchering that last name, is that this is just how they've... Like, these are the contracts they have. That's how they've had them set up for a while now. Like, it's not a new structure that they're doing but like in response to like whether or not this is like uh appropriate for the executives to be taking this kind of like bonus uh his response has just been like this is just how it's always been and i don't see anything wrong with that because i'm getting six million dollars um for my bonus yeah. so it's just i think they continue to make bad headlines and continue to make bad decisions but i don't know Oh Whatever. no! Yeah, he's... people should vote with their wallet, as it turns out, <laughs> and which is the number one thing gamers don't do when loot boxes are the biggest thing. Um, anyway, on a, on a side note, I mm, I still want to go back and at least beat Cyberpunk, but everything about their corporate structure seems fucked. Yeah, it's not it's not great. I don't think it's like. There are worse examples, right, within the games industry specifically, and there perhaps are better examples of like how you can run a business. But I just, I, it doesn't particularly sit well with me in this specific case. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what else? What else do I got on this list of stories? Talk about something that makes me happy, Allison. Is this um, this PlayStation State of Play came out on the twenty ninth? And uh, I had a couple games. It had, um, what was it, Subnautica Below Zero. 
and then it teased a little Among Us coming to PS5 with a Ratchet skin. And then it was like 16 minutes of Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart gameplay for PS5. And that game looks pretty, and I'm ready for it, and I don't have a PS5, Austin, and it makes me sad, but I'll get one. Yeah. Like, this game looks pretty wild. Like, I, I, I constantly underestimate, like, just how good these games generally look. I think, like, I look back at the my memories of playing the PlayStation 4, uh, like, sort of reboot of Ratchet and & Clank. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, that was a fine game. And then I see, like, a Rift Apart, and I'm like, hmm, okay, wait, this is actually really good. Oh, wait, this PS5 puts out beautiful graphics and textures. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I mean, I just mean more than, like, sure, like, it looks expensive, but, like, the, like, what you're interacting, how you're interacting with this, like, world and messing around with it, like, it looks fun, right? Like, yeah, I don't know how... I, I might have some mixed feelings regarding the fact that it looks like a lot of, like, a good amount of time you play as Ratchet, because there are two protagonists you play as in this game, uh, Ratchet and Rivet. And a lot of the, oh, the game where you oh play as Ratchet looks like Did you Twitter won't. Does Twitter love Rivet? Yeah, so a lot of the game where you're playing as Ratchet, you don't have Clank with you, because they get separated when this whole sort of uh, time-space anomaly starts happening. So Clank is in this preview with Rivet, who's this uh, female Lombax played by Jennifer Hale. She's got a robot arm. Yeah. And a cool yeah. hammer. I'm into so, it. So I'm not sure how much of, like, Clank's thing I want to go through without, like, the sort of uh, banter between... Uh, I mean, R Ratchet's thing I want to go through without the sort of banter that's going to be happening. Though it looks like that's going to be sort of put into the Rivet and Clank bits. Yeah, yeah, and the cool part is your weapons transfer between the two characters. Like, you talk to this uh, Zircon mom, who is, like, the famous, like, in one of the games they part putting on Mr. Zircon, which is, like, this snarky enemy. You would someone who would talk about his love for murdering things. And she's your vendor now. It's very good. But yeah, your weapons transfer over between characters. And, uh, I mean, I hope the game splits the difference evenly between the two characters because it'd be nice to get another voice in like the ratchet like, oh, yeah. universe and she seems funny and both animated very well like their, their facial capture like stuff not facial capture but they're like the cg renders of these characters are beautiful looking yeah yeah, I think, like, again, like, as far as, like, going back to, like, the looks of this game, it is just, it's pretty insane. I think the way that the rifts seem to work in combat looks really fun. Like, how you use them to yeah. sort of teleport around, mostly, is what it looks like. And that seems, that seems like that could be interesting. Oh. Yes. And, um... What do you think about it being, like, I... open world? Open world, um, I don't know. I th It's looking like some of the spaces might be bigger than the regular ones, but I think it's probably just going to have, like, linear paths you go through. Yeah, I'm thinking that there will be, like, a couple of instances, but I feel like, I do feel like this is going to have, like, larger hubs than you had in, like, uh, in the PS4 uh, release of Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, and even, like, similar to like the other ones most of them they'll have a couple areas that are a little bigger that you can explore and then you'll kind of 
go down a path into another bigger area and stuff. I uh, <clears throat> the PS3 ones are really cool if you ever had the side cache for that. I hope they re-release those at some point. It's um Tools of Destruction. I don't remember the other one. Tools of Destruction into the Nexus and I don't remember the name of the other one. Uh, do do future, a uh, crack in time. That's the good one. That one does like the Mario, um, the Mario Galaxy stuff, where you can like traverse these small planets and you can see the curvature of it and stuff. Okay. All right. What do I got? More PS5 stuff. Is they yeah Among Us PS4 PS5, which I'm pretty excited about that so i can play that with my my console only homies or maybe i'll just max matchmaking random lobbies of people get cussed um, at by 12 year old for not properly fixing the problem in electrical yeah oh and then the this is a verge story by jay peters is that there's some court documents from fortnite's uh stuff with Apple, and uh, apparently PlayStation is uh, where most of their sales are coming from, which uh, kind of makes sense. It's 46.8% of Fortnite's revenue from March 2018 through July 2020 was from PlayStation 4. Uh, second highest platform was Xbox with 27.5, and then they go down to iOS at 7 and then everything else split between Android, Switch, and PC, which I thought that was pretty wild, but it kind of makes sense in the, the landscape that, like, most people who own consoles have a PS4 compared to, like, an Xbox. For Fortnite, though, it's, like, it seems, for people who spend money, is it's two-to-one for PS4 to Xbox. I just like looking at these numbers, Austin. Yeah. This is, like, over a... Yeah, it's so like over a two-year period too. So I'm not, I'm not even entirely sure like what the rollout with Fortnite was over like iOS over that time. Like I don't think it was, it was simultaneous. So like the mm, PlayStation, yeah. like consoles do have like a head start as far as yeah, like hosting Fortnite and then the battle royale. Yeah, I think uh, the iOS stuff came out in 2019 let me see if there's a release date um can't find it return uh other stuff returnal looks cool as fuck returnal have you been watching gameplay and previews for that yeah and like I, the okay one, the, yeah so here uh, 2018 iOS version for Fortnite came out. Really? So I guess that time period is when it was on iOS. Interesting. Right. I hmm. got it. Interesting numbers. Interesting. Um, hey, people put a lot of money in their consoles. That's where they want to play games. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, Returnal looks sick as fuck, and I wish I had a PS5 for this. Also, I wouldn't pay. I uh, I'm too broke to pay seventy dollars for these games. But uh, if I ever came to PS Plus or on sale, I would definitely. Yeah, I don't know this. Definitely. Like Returnal, every time I watch gameplay of Returnal, it reminds me that like Hades was a an exception to like how I approach how I feel about roguelike games. Um 
he's like, there's a lot of mechanical things in Returnal that I see, and I could not imagine putting time into this game as it stands right now. Like, a lot of what I'm seeing as far as, like, the function of power-ups, I can't say looks particularly enticing. I think the fact that you can't save during a run when runs in this game could be hours long is crazy. Yeah, that part's kind of weird. You Can you save during your runs in Hades? Yeah. I don't know what the other ones are. Okay, so yes, they should have saves. You yeah. can put it into, like, rest mode, but that's never been uh, a thing that is very reliable from what I hear so far. Yeah, and I have no desire to put my PlayStation in rest mode except if I'm doing, like, a download overnight, right? I... Like, I don't put my computer in sleep mode unless I'm like, I'm going to be back here in, like, maybe, like, an hour, right? I I could not... I have no desire to interact with, like, the rest mode. And I know Sony doesn't want me to ever turn my goddamn PlayStation off. Um, but that's just, that's, like, how I operate, is I make sure shit's off. Yeah, so that part's kind of the bummer. But I think this this game speaks to me on everything else. I just, I just like the third-person shooting... Metroid Prime atmosphere, so... Yeah, I mean, the shooting looks... If I get a PS5, I think I'm definitely going to dig into this. Yeah. The shooting looks, like, fine. I think, as people have, like, explained the haptic feedback with, like, the triggers and how that works for Altfire, um, that seems like a weird hassle that, like, you know, they that feels like they had to put that in to sort of meet this uh, requirement of utilizing the features of the new controller more so than, like, uh, something that makes the game play better. Yeah, I definitely like alt fires where you just click like R1 to flip the shooting on it. But uh, I think Ratchet is going to do that a little bit as well. I'm curious how that's actually going to come out. Because I, I always f press down full trigger. I don't know. I just think pulling a half trigger to chain to fire normally is weird. Because when you go full trigger in Returnal on a gun, it'll like give you like a charge shot with it yeah which seems like it could have some bad like mishaps yeah and specifically like uses more ammo and considering from like the gameplay i've seen a lot of people are getting like the pistol a lot like it seems like one of the most common weapons to drop is the pistol and that thing does not seem to have a lot of ammo in it yeah yeah so you're constantly right. doing like your active reload because you have, there's an active reload mechanic in this game and if you're like fanning the trigger uh to like quickly fire then you will like fail the active reload mechanic in this game yeah so that stuff seems like a bummer but uh, everything else i've heard of it seems cool um let's see i got some i got some more numbers for you austin you got numbers um yeah, yeah. PS5 has shipped uh, 7.8 million units in five months to get them at um, 25 billion is their revenue. Uh, that's a lot of money. And I hope we see them putting that money into some smaller AAA stuff or some, some smaller things that aren't just <laughs> Last of Us, Spider-Man, and Tsushima or whatever. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, as as we saw with them pulling like the stuff with the um what was it what were we talking it was it Days Gone two and some of that other stuff yeah like Days Gone 
in regards to like what the like the idea of them uh, shutting down the sequel to Days Gone and having uh, Sony Bend Studio work on Uncharted or like uh, a Last of Us multiplayer component with Naughty Dog uh, before they eventually decided they didn't want to do that project anymore and are now working on an entirely new IP that they hope will be a success. So that way Sony will actually allow them to keep some sort of autonomy. That that scenario. Yeah. 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 Whereas I'm like, it's, it's wild that like days gone to not a thing, but horizon zero dawn to. Yeah. I guess cause it sold better. That's the only reason. Well, not, like I don't even think that's true. Like I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but like days gone was a successful title. It was like I think more so critical reception of the game is mixed than like their feelings towards how much money it made. Could be, could be, but I hope. I guess we'll see in the next couple years what kind of stuff. I I thought there's a couple good smaller. I'm trying to think what would you consider smaller stuff on the PS4. Like I know they had their indie showcases during their press events. Like, I'm trying to think what... Are we talking, like, smaller Sony-produced stuff? Yeah. See, that is... I don't know. That is a question, right? Like, the last time I think I could probably consider, like, Sony wanting to make a small game in some ways is, like... Bug Snacks was one of them, I guess. Maybe. Um, um, I'm on their indie program... Um, it has Haven on here. I don't know if that actually was something that. It's hard. Is spotlight and support indie games? Yeah, it's it's a hard thing to like judge like Sony's involvement too because we don't quite know that. Like Sony's involvement in something like. no Man's Sky is relatively minimal, right? Like their involvement in that is they gave them money after their offices flooded. Uh, and that's how you get stuff like the sort of uh, timed exclusivity. As far as like something that Sony has yeah. actually backed, um, like I, I do not understand game like game development enough to like properly properly feel like maybe like something along the lines of like gravity rush 2 but like that game does not feel small in like in what it wants to play in like what it wants to do it seems small in perhaps its graphical fidelity and like it's uh in its aesthetic as compared to something like god of war or a naughty dog game but like that game does yeah really cool stuff that God of War and fucking Naughty Dog games certainly don't got certainly don't do. Um. I have one. Uh, when COVID started, they put together a ten million dollar fund to help indie game developers during the crisis, as well as a hundred million for healthcare and remote education. I'm trying to find other like stuff about what. Because I know they ba- they basically give them like free marketing and stuff, but besides that, yeah, like well, they, I I know they give away those. They made some. They probably made some deals 
to give away those like 10 games last month that were like yeah mostly indie games yeah and and you also get to like some re-releases right like you get like res infinite um is something that they put money into re-release for like a vr mode um same thing with like tetris effect which only came to xbox like pretty recently with a like an entirely yeah. new version of that game so i don't know like considering that jim like that they've said that they want to invest like a couple hundred million into like exclusives i'm not entirely sure like what those exclusives are going to look like i don't think they're going to be anything that is going to appeal to a niche audience in the same way that like a gravity rush 2 does yeah although i will say their um their ps plus stuff has been like helping okay so they you know it's like you know they have the biggest platform if they give away a game for free like we saw fall guys and rocket league just explode because they were free and kind of whereas like a game that would come out being like you remember onrush how that was like a play a paid thing and then it yeah. shut down i feel like if that had launched on ps plus maybe it could have been a different story uh, although i don't think it's like as break through the market as like fall guys and like rocket league were but so yeah i mean i don't necessarily i don't know if that's entirely true he's like yeah like because rocket league is interacting with cars in a way that games haven't before in a very real way or at least they had once before but that was their like that studio's previous title the uh atomic powered rocket cars or whatever um yeah and people understand soccer yeah. like i play that you put you put me in that game like oh we're playing soccer. Like, there's a yeah. ball, there's some goals. I know what to do. Um, like, I don't do sports, and I know what to do in Rocket League. Um, and then with, like, Fall Guys. I mean... Is it's a platformer. Yeah. Like, Fall Guys is... It's a multiplayer is, platformer. Fall Guys is, like, is easy enough to get because it is still, like, within its marketing was chasing that sort of the discussions of, like, being a Battle Royale. Even though it was Battle Royale through, like, Mario Party. Yeah, so I think I think they've done some stuff, like made some deals to help games a lot as well. I'm just hoping, like, they, as being the biggest platform of the three, I hope they do more. I have I have hopes for them, but I, it seems like Sony has gone in a weird route with the like launch of the PS5. There's some stuff that I feel like that's so different between the messaging of the launch of this. And the launch of the PS4 because of how much of a lead the PS4 had when it started out because of the always online stuff with Xbox and all that like, kerfluffle. Yeah, well, I think, like, the launch of the PS4 is so different, like, the rhetoric is so different, mainly because, like, they had some idea that they would be in the lead. I don't think they knew how much they'd be in the lead, though. Like, because they did not, they did not leave the PlayStation 3 era on top. No, I think they left it like they pulled through the last three years and sold a lot, but I think they were probably at about the same. Yeah, yeah, because that's where you have like Sony exclusive titles that you reach a sort of 
a house style with Sony exclusive titles like that really culminates within like the first Last of Us game. And that's how Sony and like that's how like their exclusives like sort of want to look from now on. They they want to chase this sort of realism. Um and like with four with the PlayStation 4, like they seem like they want to catch this like huge like net of people. These there's they have games like you know, you have games that come out, like, you have the remastered version of The Last of Us. You have, like, Hohokam, I think, is the name of that game, which is, like, a like a zen game where you're, like, I, some little line creature going around this, like, abstract world. And it's, like, it's supposed to be this relaxing thing. Uh, you know, you re-release games like Journey and uh, Flower onto the PlayStation 4. I don't, I don't know if, like you would put effort into re-releasing like games or like enhancing games uh for the PlayStation 5. I don't know if this current sort of direction for Sony would do that. Yeah, it was only like Blue Point and Demon Souls and stuff like that, but I don't know if we're going to see the smaller stuff like yeah, like Ho-Ho come and Journey and stuff. Which you know, we'll see down the line. I mean, we saw a couple of those like like that Jack and Daxter collection on PS4 coming out, which is like, I'm really glad those games got on there. Hope to see Sly Cooper and Ratchet at some point. But um, I don't know. Speaking of speaking of big studios just making um big AAA stuff, apparently every Activision studio now works on Call of Duty. Yep. Um, so Toys for Bob. Was the most recent one. They're doing Warzone 3 content. Which is wild. Yeah. And they were the ones who did the Spyro stuff and the... Um, Bandicoot. Crash. Crash Bandicoot yeah. 4. It's insane. This yep. This is like... This is the start of like sort of the depressing arc of like stories behind for behind the scenes stories of uh, Warzone. I think like this is Activision sort of already being in a position where they can just where they already have bodies they can throw at a thing, right? Like whereas Epic do- goes through this whole spike where they are hiring a lot of people. Um, yeah, Activision kind of already has like the numbers that they can just use to throw at a problem. Being how do you keep a battle royale constantly updated? Yeah, which is the, from the news from last week where it made like a hundred million or some shit. Um, so it's like I'm gonna go through this list. Infinity Ward, Treyarch, and Sledgehammer have been taking turns doing the Call of Duty games. Yeah. Where sometimes they'll double up, like Treyarch and Sledgehammer working together on one. Um, Beanox, which I'm trying to remember what Beanox was doing, but they were helping out with Call of Duty Three. Um. High Noon Studios, which were the... Uh, These are the Transformers people. Transformers team. Yeah. Yep. They have been working on it since... Support Studio. Because they did Forsaken for Destiny before like that split with Bungie. Okay, Beanox did <clears throat> uh, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, Amazing Spider-Man, and that Crash Team Racing remake. Um, right. Yep. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, the other studio is Demonware. Does server support? I've never heard of Demonware. 
Uh, Activision Shanghai is the Call of Duty Online. Raven has been helping out since 2010. I've seen them. I think they were on like the Modern Warfare box. And now yeah. Toys for Bob, yeah, Warzone. I think Raven <clears throat> is the one who mainly works on Yeah, Raven Warzone. does a lot of like support for Call of Duty multiplayer. Um, I think I think perhaps the last game that I remember playing that Raven had actually developed was like the Wolfenstein game like that pre like not new colossus right like this is the wolfenstein game that comes out before uh, machine games gets their hands on it um which is a really not particularly interesting shooter and i think one of these studios did that uh time game singularity singularity that is also raven if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah, Raven used to make really cool shooters, and now they work on Call of Duty. Which, to some people, is a really cool shooter, but I'm just like, yeah, I know, it's Call of Duty. It's Battle Royale. If it, if, if they were to throw some stuff in there... I mean, they have some stuff where you respawn, but I think if they just threw some 6v6 matches, I'd be way more interested in Warzone. If they would do something like that. But still, well, even if they do that, I just like I want them to do cool Travis, stuff. Travis, have you, know? you ever heard of Modern Warfare's multiplayer component? It's no, I have. I have. It'd just be cool if it was free. I just think people are sleeping on like the don't charge people for stuff and just like don't just make it a a battle royale. Like like Warzone has like a mode where you respawn and you're like um. You're putting in charges for like these. Um, well, what are, what were they called? It was like these like nuclear stations or stuff, but it was still like tw- like fifteen teams of four dropping down, doing a bunch of stuff on this big map. Anyway, I don't know. Activision's continuing to do what Activision's done, whereas like you remember when they put a Guitar Hero and a Tony Hawk game out every year until they bled those developers yeah to death yeah until they oversaturated the market and basically eliminated demand although as it turns out you cannot oversaturate the call of duty market it just keeps getting bigger yeah i mean especially if you just like sort of focus it all in onto one platform being warzone so this is and like it should also be noted that like the sort of the addition of toys for Bob onto the uh, Warzone uh, sort of roster of studios is a lot of people left toys for Bob. Like a lot of developers left that company. Yeah, there's tweets coming out where people were saying like, I don't remember what I want. I don't remember any of these tweets. God damn. All right, let me. I'm a. They're on the. They're yeah. on this. Um, they're on this page. Um, yeah, so like Nicholas Cole, who is a developer, or I guess was a developer at Toys R Bob, um, tweeted, uh, although everyone I interfaced with and worked along was let go, I'm very glad it's not totally shutting down. It's not totally shuttering. In reference to the studio being put on uh, Warzone. Yeah, that's kind of wild. It's kind of wild. So I hope they... 
I hope it gets really, I hope it gets really good because they're putting these studios on and not just chasing their, um, battle passes and skins. I mean, the thing is, like, that doesn't, like, throwing, like, we're going to see the same arc we saw with Fortnite, which, like, throwing bodies at this problem is not going to make this, like, a better game. Like, the things that make Fortnite particularly, like, kind of dominant in, like, the public eye is that they are constantly cutting deals to put, like, some wild stuff in it. And Yeah, and I, I think they have some fun, some more, like, I would call Fortnite's, like, story in the last year more fun yeah. than Warzone's. Yeah, I mean, and the aesthetic of, like, Fortnite is approachable enough that you can, like, you can have things where... Uh, you put Marvel heroes in there. Like you put Marvel heroes, you have you give the whole Thanos thing in there. I don't. You don't have the same sort of like general like appeal that uh, that exists within like call the general appeal of Call of Duty is that it's Call of Duty, right? That it's very more cool. more than anything. That it is a shooter that is easy enough to grasp um, and like simple enough to master without like the add-ons of like you know we'll say i'll say interesting mechanics um and i just i don't think i don't think we're gonna see a lot of changes as far as like warzone goes but um aside from like maybe like the sort of the churn just the amount of stuff they're able to churn out regarding uh cosmetics and perhaps gameplay changes like smaller gameplay yeah and i know before this update warzone was really kind of screwy in the sense that the people who got black ops because black your account in black ops and modern warfare are both linked to warzone and your gun leveling is linked to it so everyone who got black ops had a bunch of guns that did more damage and had a better range than everyone playing Warzone, than everyone who's just playing Warzone by itself or just doing like Modern Warfare. They recently uploaded, like I, I follow a YouTuber who will kind of cover what's going on in Warzone like once a month. And then that stuff, and then they nuked the island and they put it in the 80s. Um, so yeah, I don't know. You know, it's like the PUBG stuff that that people just really stick with the battle royale stuff. Where I just cannot seem to. I hear that from a lot of other people who like talk about games. I, I as well as you, who said like, there's a reason we do not come on here and talk about Apex all the time is because like I got burned out on that. I'm pretty sure you did as well. Oh yeah, um, and so like what. It's so, like efforts to this, and I should like clarify something. Like we did cite Nicholas Cole um, as like saying that people were laid off. Nicholas Cole uh, is part of an external art team, not a part of Toys for Bob specifically. Um, so like people who were let go as like air quote layoffs were not like directly affiliated with Toys for Bob, the development studio. So like attracts. Yeah, and I just. I don't know. It, the, the more I see like this happening, um, I can't help but just sort of never want to interface with these games again.
Yeah, like I was more excited for that weird PS5 driving game than I was for like Call of Duty Warzone like updates. You know that that like weird like arena game. Um yeah. Destruction All Stars. Yeah, Destruction All Stars, yeah. Like that looks I'm way more into that. But maybe it's cuz I'm we're real gamers Austin. <laughs> jokes aside um that and like oh man there's this really cool survival winter game that came out on just pc right now is it the long dark yeah no 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 it just came out um i have to look this up hmm, again snow battle royale it's like a one word scavengers scavengers yeah uh, i was watching some scavengers yeah, that okay. looks really fucking cool i am really because scavengers i think they're it's like 20 teams of three and you're doing just a bunch of like s- going to bases and killing mobs of enemies and you're not encountering players as much and then there's this one area where this like drop pod will come in and you'll have like 30 seconds left like the it'll tell you the ring is closing around you and when it gets to like a minute to 30 seconds of the last of the match you just see all these people running towards the fucking drop pod it's really good moments watching giant bomb play this on their one of their streams Yeah, so I'm more excited about those than, like, new Warzone stuff. Unless something comes out... Like, I, I try to dip into Warzone every now and then and see how it is, and I'm still just like, eh. Also, there's something fucked up on my controller. Apparently... So you know how when you sprint in a first-person shooter game, you hold down the, the left stick yeah, usually, and go forward? Yeah, usually. That's kind of the accepted yeah. default. I was trying to do that in Warzone. I don't know if this was happening in Call of Duty, like, proper as well, but it would stop my character. Like, I would... Tr- I would do it for a little bit, and then my character would stop sprinting. And then I went on to, like, Battlefield and tried and did it, and just was totally fine. So I don't know if there's, like... Everyone was saying, yeah, you have to, like, pick up your joystick a little bit and rotate it and then push it back down or something. You know how to lock and unlock when you pull it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's some weird stuff going on with the sprint and that, but besides that, it's fine. Hey, what if Mario Party got an online mode after three years for some reason well an update how fucking wild yeah yeah um this is crazy like this is actually i believe like i I think someone like tweeted like when this was announced that like like surely like this is just confirmation that nintendo has like a hat in a break room and this is how they decide what to work on is they just like pull random like uh ideas out of this hat because this is like this is something that's <laughs> pretty good yeah i feel like they've probably been working on for a while i imagine uh but like this is something i would have wanted out if i was a producer at nintendo this is something i would have wanted to push out like late last like day year. one yeah yeah or at like the, day one i don't know if this latest. is something that came out with covid or if this is just something Someone's just been working on the back. There's just like two dudes coding in a basement, being like, "We but we love Mario Party, and we're just we're just making this online mode." Upper Nintendo doesn't know about it, and we're just we're just this is all we do. Yeah, and this is like so. Super Mario Party for the Switch was released in like 2018. 
Yeah, it's like three years ago, yeah, man. It's, it's fucking. It's it's wild. Like I thought crazy. this was a 2019 release, which is why I was like, yeah, this is something I would have wanted to push out in 2020. Like, no, <laughs> this is this is 2018. Like, yeah, this that would have been something that I want to get pushed out like as soon as possible. Hey, spilled some water. Give me one sec. Absolutely. Travis is now cleaning the water. Will he get it all out? Who knows? Water is quite a tricky thing. At least it can be. But while he's gone, it's just you and me. And Super Mario Party. How have you been? Have you been alright? I hope you've been alright. If you've made it this far, that means you can put up with our shenanigans. I really appreciate that about you. He's been my audacity recording saying that it's been about 49 minutes, and really, I think that's a lot of time to spend to hear anyone talk, especially me. It yeah, sounds cool. like Travis is back. I was talking to the listeners. I am. It's just for us. Okay. I was having a just discussion for, with oh, the yeah. listeners that you'll, listen, okay. that you'll listen to as you edit this podcast together. I probably I probably won't, but, but um, you know, this is, this is why our newspaper was like, yeah, don't leave water next to your keyboard while you're working, apparently. Have a closed container. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, this is what. Yeah, this is exactly why Trisha would just run around like she saw water. She'd all but slap it. Um, well, no, she she would never do such a thing as I would get water places. But like she would just yell, almost yell at you if you had water. Really lacks in other newsrooms I've worked at, which is kind of horrifying to me. But oh, them not giving an actual shit. I yeah. used to eat at my desk at the news station. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. During my Express News internship, they're like, I was like, where do I eat? They're like. What do you mean? Where do you? You have a whole like desk space. Is it? Excuse me. Excuse me. It's because we're relying on you. It's because you're not some student coming in here. Yeah. We pay you. You have fucking, like, if you fuck up, we're taking this out of your ass, boy. Yeah, like we have a lunch break for you to like put down on your schedule. But if you're not working during your lunch break, you're wasting our time. It's true, that's not, and um, that's not, that, that is not that is an exaggeration on like how yeah, these Express yeah. News treated me. Like I did not no. do a lunch break for three we weeks during my internship at the Express News, and uh, the editor uh, Nora Lopez was horrified. Yeah, it's because uh, you don't take care of yourself, Austin. We all know this. I really um, don't. I would just cook my shit and just eat at my desk while I was working. Like honestly, like. Being a video editor at a news station is like you not working half the time because you're waiting for people to finish their stuff to give it to you, yeah. which is very cool, which is why I want to want to apply for that again. But um, what was the other thing I was saying? Oh, yeah, I had a photo. The first time I was in that newspaper at our college is I had a Photoshop class and she pokes her head in and is like, hey, what's that you got over there? I'm like, you're talking to me. And it's like, yeah, you should put that not on the desk, Travis. And I'm like, oh, OK okay 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 um it uh what if google stadia had a search bar for some reason what if google stadia april Travis, 28th what if google the company that is synonymous yeah. with a search engine uh took 526 days to put a search engine in onto their gaming platform oh to search for the 172 games they have yeah I fucking st- Travis. Stadia. What the fuck? Well, I don't even. Stadia's a joke. Stadia's a joke. I unless they unless in like five years everyone is just on Stadia. I think it's just gonna burn itself up and 
fall back down to the wayside. I mean, I, I, I don't see why. I don't see how Stadia makes it another, like, three years. No, I don't either. I don't either. I think I think Microsoft's xCloud is just going to get it out of the water. Yeah. Um, the, these Ace Attorney games are coming out July 27th, though, Austin. This is what my other news article is telling me. Yeah. Um, one, one of them is, like, old school, like... You look like you're nineteen twenties, uh the turn of the twentieth century, Ace Attorney. Yeah, so I've I don't have any real like familiarity with the Ace Attorney series, but this is like seems It's a good cool art style. Yeah, this seems like sort of the sort of turn yeah so like we said like turn of 20th century so like japan is being influenced by uh like colonizing powers in its sort of aesthetic and uh and how it like approaches like integrating itself into like the international modern age in a real way so that's like the reason for like some of the outfits we're seeing here, the fact that I I thought this dude was just Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, me There's too. A guy they're, they're very they're vibing off they're vibing off that a thousand percent. Yeah, he's got a pipe, dude. Yeah, so it's 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 interesting. I don't know this. It looks well. Here's weird. here's the difference right here, Austin. Actually, I I guess not because it's coming to PS4 as well. I was about to get on my like Nintendo just putting weird shit on their platform. Whenever like a weird old Nintendo game comes back to the Switch, I'm like, who, who the fuck is being like, yes, bring back this um, Genesis game that nobody's heard of. We're gonna put three of these games on this Switch. Well, see, that's for the Nintendo Switch Online services. No, I just remember there was some. Um, I asked a couple weeks ago. It was some. It was some not Nintendo Switch Online game that had like. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't even know what this is coming out here. But uh, what else? Um, uh, video game studio won a won an Oscar, Austin. So that's that's cool. I didn't watch this. Yeah. So I should probably watch it. So like twenty five. Yeah. Minutes. During the last Oscars, you should. It's a really good documentary. Um. So, like, during the Academy Awards, um, some people came up, went up to the stage, and uh, this uh, documentary called uh, Colette, uh, specifically, I'm going to look at, I'm going to list the YouTube title here, Colette, the French Resistance Fighter Confronting Fascism. Um, This is one, the Oscar for documentary short. This documentary was produced in part by EA and Respawn Entertainment as a part of the um, the VR Medal of Honor game that came out, um, I think, this year or last year. And this is a 25-minute a video about a French resistance fighter by the name of... Um, oh, no, it skipped. It skipped me. Um, I need to turn off this documentary because it's just autoplay. Uh Colette Marin yeah. Catherine. Yeah, and sort of her trip with a a uh, 
a history student who is chronicling uh, a young a historian named uh, Lucy Fubel, who is researching um, sort of the people who were interned at the God, this is uh, the middle middle Baldura labor camp in like the mountains of Germany. And this camp is sort of something that this camp did is, you know, they interned people here. Um, a lot of people would pass through this camp and then go into like two other concentration camps. And near the end of the war, they used the labor at this camp, which included Colette's brother, um, who was uh, her brother, Jean-Pierre, who was uh, sort of a part of the first black a part of the french resistance specifically was a part of the cell of a cell who was smuggling who was black who was smuggling weapons um into france and this is a really like harrowing short in a real way once they get to like it's it's about it's about like 15 minutes before they get to the actual camp but the sense of how like the impact that world war ii left on this woman's life is made like strikingly clear at the 10 minute mark when she talks about her mother and how her mother and her would talk about the war and how sort of after the war when she was a bit older her mother like when her mother was remembering like her brother, there was an interaction she had with her mother where her mother basically said, um, you should have been the one to go to the camp and be arrested. So like what this documentary does is presents like this, the complicate, like the complicated life of this woman and doesn't like sort of like move away from that to present this sort of like navel gazing uh like greatest generation thing that you see in a lot of american documentary materia regarding world war ii uh instead like this is a 25 this is 25 minutes of excruciating uh like family like complicated family lives uh her complicated family life and just sort of the the pain that she feels when she actually goes to the camp and while she's at the camp, she visits the barracks that her brother would have slept at um, and like is openly like weeping over the fact that she'd not bring like flowers to memorialize her brother um, goes to where he was building the two rockets uh, and then sort of her final part of that tour of the user sort of walking through the camp is going to where he would have been um, cremated. And it's very noticeable that like there are a lot of parts of this document where cameras do not follow her. Right? Like she is someone who's she's not necessarily down, like into the idea of this documentary. Like she is okay with it because she trusts uh Lucy and she trusts like the production team who have like made it very clear, who like in this interview with Vice. Uh, say that they had, they made it very clear that like if Colette wanted them to like turn off the cameras, walk away, they would. And there were moments where they did. Yeah. And something that I think should be noted, uh, because this is not something the documentary actually brings up, but like near the end of this Vice uh, sort of story about it by Rob Zachney, um, 
it discusses like going back to uh, Colette's brother Jean Pierre um, and sort of Colette's feeling about like her questioning like the sort of the purpose of going to the camp to sort of explain like with like v visceral detail uh, the conditions that her brother had been living in. Uh, her brother was not arrested because he was caught smuggling weapons. Her brother was arrested because he left bouquets of flowers at the graves of uh, resistance fighters. And that is a, that was a capital offense in occupied France. And so that's what got him arrested. And Colette, as a child, is, uh, she would make those bouquets. So that is like, that is a bit of context that like, I kind of wish was in the film, but I also understand why it isn't. Um, it's not like, a missing piece but it is something that i think does recontextualize like contextual better contextualize uh, the sort of the relationship that colette uh, has with the idea of a documentary and like some of the larger like attempts at grandstanding that are made like in the middle of it when a like when a, a german a former mayor of the German city they're in goes to talk to Colette and wants to give a speech in her honor and she is just not having it. It's it's a really it's a really interesting documentary. You don't get a lot that are made about this subject in the same way, I don't think. Which is really cool that they um you know they paid for it, I guess. Uh directed by Anthony Giacchino by uh, Time Travel Unlimited. It's really cool. I'll have to watch it after we're done here. Yeah, it's a fascinating watch. Yeah. It's cool. Um, uh, I think that's it for the week. I kind of got, we kind of got everything. Nothing coming up here yeah, on the side. That's no. everything we've got on the list. Mm-hmm. The, the big list. Um, and now I just want to play some Rocket League too as well. Oh hey, here's a here's a story. FPS boost added to seventy four more games on Xbox. So from it's from today. Uh, Far Cry Five, Deus Ex, Assassin's Creed Unity. Hmm. Let's see. I can get the full list on here. Alien Isolation, Anthem, Far Cry, all the Far Cry games. Wow, they're just FPS boosting everything, dude. All the a bunch of the Lego games are getting it. It's cool, Mad Max. All right, hey, some boosts, boost, boost, boost. All right, um, we'll be back next week. We'll uh, we'll talk about our game impressions too. Sneak peek, um, Pokemon Go will continue to destroy my life when I have nothing better to do. Um. Till right. then, I'm on Travis23 Doyle on Twitter. Right. Uh, and if you need to find me on Twitter, you can find me complaining about the narrative of Metro Exodus at Beardless2. I should post screenshots of me uh, taking selfies with my Pokemon. Which I'm not going to get Pokemon Snap, but I can do it in Pokemon Go. Not yet, at least. Pokemon Snap, I see you. I see what you're doing there. I see what you're doing there. All right. Until next week. Later, everybody.